I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Music and Concert Show with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone. Hey everybody, welcome in. Johnny Lightfoot, Trent Falcone. This is the Music and Concert Show, episode number two. What's up, buddy? Hey, we're back. You turned up. Yeah. Thanks, man. Last time uh, you didn't show up for eight months. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you just gotta fix that stuff. Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. Good to be back. Anything fun happen? Well, if, I mean, come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> Is that a silly question? <laughs> yeah, you were here when, when you know, yeah, a lot of stuff. I don't know if it was fun. Yes. But anything fun happened. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Where do we start? Boy, just to just to fill you in <clears throat> when we were uh working on the last week's podcast and we were just about done with the podcast and we had talked about the Chris Stapleton show. We got a phone call. Well, Trent got a phone call. And that phone call was? Uh, Chris Stapleton is moving. So last episode, we talked about, hey, Chris Stapleton is tomorrow night or whatever it was, two days out. Well, that changed. So we, (laughs) yeah. So we're going to start the show with, hey, Chris Stapleton is now tomorrow, right? Today's Thursday. Tomorrow. Chris Stapleton, uh, the date was last Thursday? So was it like a week later? Yeah, basically. The show was supposed to be last Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so last a Thursday. Week, so eight when, days. Eight yeah. days later. Yeah, so it's tomorrow. Chris Stapleton, if you have tickets, and the thing with this one, right, is it moved from, this was another 2020 show. Right, right. So we, I think we, I can't even remember now. We went on sale in 2000. I mean, maybe we went on sale in 2019 at the end of 19. I can't even remember now. It's sure. a blur. It's been, it's been a while. We moved it from 20 to 21 at 22, right? And so to get, you know, 10 days out. Yeah. I had, yeah, everything was done. You know, all of the, all of my responsibilities were done. Looking forward to a, a sold out show a sold out oh. show well he sells out all he's such now as i as i mentioned before i, I want to back up here he uh <clears throat> he's he's a great musician a great songwriter 
But his show is not like a big pyrotechnics, you know, big oh, – it does have the screens. But you know what I mean. It's not like – it's a guy that gets up there and just plays his heart out, and it's amazing from top to bottom. It's not like a performance show. Not like a – I'm sorry. It is a performance show. It's not like an full-on entertainment bombs and big flashing lights and that whole thing. It's just a great concert. Well, that's a that, – we'll save that. That's a great thing to talk about. Oh. Let's, let's mark that for something. But um, Okay. No, absolutely. He's a he's a musician. He's a you know it's unbelievable. I we did him in what 2017 maybe I don't yeah. remember. And I didn't get to see a ton of the show, but he you know he's I was just there a, at that show. He's was it 17? It was 17. 17. I think it was. And he was same thing. Sold out. Yeah. Sold out. I mean, um, incredible show. He's just I've actually started listening to him uh, more. You mm-hmm. know, since we've had the date up. And uh, there's something about him, you know. Again, if you're not a country music fan, he's a different kind of country. He's he, you know. So he's different. If I back up in time, when uh, his first record came out, uh, Tennessee Whiskey obviously was the first single off there, and everyone heard it and Great loved song. it. And I, I said, okay, I want to see what this guy is about. So I, uh, I started paying more attention, and I sampled his record. Right, I just listened to it on, on Spotify, iTunes, that type of stuff, and just listened to the other songs. And at first, I was like, "This is like old school country." Yeah, you know, it's not the modern country. Which, let's be honest, modern country has very much of an '80s rock feel to it. Now they traded Telecasters for Les Pauls. Yeah, rock pop. Yeah, you know, they traded which Fender amps, Fender I'm amps, or Marshall Stacks. Yeah, you know? I'm with it though. I'm with I'm with pop music and rock music. Oh, and- sure. And I get it, but I absolutely understand, you know, the people that like, um, I don't know that we can say they're the exact same, right? But like Hank Williams and Willie Nelson. Oh, sure. And uh, Waylon Jennings, right? Am I wrong saying Chris Stapleton certainly falls more in that no. vein? No, not he is not all. a Luke Bryan kind of guy. No, or, you know. and that's what I was going to say. It was like he came out and there was all this pop country happening. And I heard the record, and I was kind of like, whoa, this is, like, throwback. And well, since that time, he's come, he's just taken over the scene in the country world. He has won all sorts of, you know, albums of the year. He's won, uh, I think, Entertainer of the Year. He's just, anytime there's an award show, he's cleaning up. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, it's, again, you know, from a... You know, not a massive fan and just sort of an outside perspective. He's he's cool. You know, again, he can win. You know, he won me over. Yeah. And, um, I'm not a big I'm certainly not a purist. I don't I can't, you know, say that I know all that much about old school country. But he seems to me like he's in a in kind of his own league. And it's just incredible. Just a very cool, you know, a great vibe too. very nice, very um, just not a rock star. Right. You know, right. just not, he He's seems just like real. a normal, yeah, normal guy who, who plays music. And I, I got to tell you, uh, do you know this one? What are you listening to? 2013, it came out. No, I do not know that actually. It's, it's silly how good it is. Of course. It's silly. Well, and the one thing I love about Chris Stapleton is he is definitely uh, defined in the music world as country. And sure. it, if you break it down to its roots, it is country. Yeah. But it's not. It's something I think, as as you mentioned, you know, it's not necessarily your favorite type of music, but he won you over. It's well, kind of like I, I compare him, and I don't want to put him in the same uh, genre as like Sting, 
But Sting crosses all the genres. There's people that love him in rock. There's people that love him in pop, country. Even some metal guys will still like Sting. I think Chris Stapleton falls into that same category of he just crosses all the genres. People like his stuff. No, absolutely. That's a great, great comparison. He's, um, yeah, he's he seems to be able to break the boundaries of people who don't like country music, but they like him. I've heard that many times, and I get it. You know, I get it. I definitely can understand why. So, anyway, at, at, you know, I guess when you hear this, it will probably be over. But at, at some point, there were now a few tickets available. Um, again, I guess by the time this goes this goes up, the show will have happened. But probably anyway, uh, yeah, Chris Stapleton tomorrow. Well, it's uh, Chris Stapleton's All American Road Show, uh, July first, out there at Usana Amphitheater, which is fifty one fifty Upper Ridge Road, out there in West Valley City. Great venue to see Chris Stapleton in. That's where I saw him last time. As we talked about last show, just that outside feel. This is a perfect concert for that. Oh, man, just I'm telling you, sitting under the stars. Oh, I know what I was going to mention. I, I just I spaced on that, and I was going to bring it up. The night that Chris Stapleton was supposed to happen actually worked out better that it didn't because that was the night of those big rainstorms. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. And no, probably the right. concert probably would have ended up being uh, postponed or, or, or canceled maybe or rescheduled anyway. Yeah, no, I remember thinking that. I think if I recall, it passed through rather quickly. I don't think it was an all-night kind of a rainstorm. Right? No, it was, no. The problem we have out there is lightning, right? I right. Mean, that's where we have to, you know, if it gets bad enough or close enough, we have to evacuate and then you have to go to your car and you have to come back in and it, it creates, you know, it's not ideal to say the least, right? All these shows have a certain, everything is timed, right? Everything is right to the, to the minute. Yeah. Um, there's so a curfew. There's a curfew. Mm-hmm. There's a noise issue. There's a, you know, everything is very well timed out. And so to have any kind of interruption in the schedule, like, okay, now we have to, eva- especially like a show like that, 20,000 people. All right, we've got to get everybody out. Wow. And we're going to give it 35, 45 minutes. And now everybody's got to get back in. Wow. You can imagine the, the headache oh. that it creates. And, um, so this... and then you have to cut. Oh, sure, right? cut Somebody's songs. Somebody's got to cut yeah. their set. And it, 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 it would have been a – I think it would have been a, obviously a letdown after, a what, a three-year wait for the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the – and the, the amazing thing too, man, people have not – they've kept those tickets. You know, they I know. have kept. I've kept tickets. mine. Yeah, they I have just mine absolutely. So to have it go down that way would have been, you know, people deserve to see the full real show, right? So, so it'll be great. You bring up an interesting point, and uh, I, I just want to ask you this because I actually don't even know the rules out there. Obviously, the lightning rule I understand that makes sense, but if it starts raining and there's no lightning, show goes on. Rain or shine. So if if it's raining, I've been there many times. Miserable. Yeah, just miserable. Like coming right? down, right? What do you do? I mean, it, I compare it though, you know, University of Utah football games, right? Oh, yeah. You've tailgated. They, they go on. Yeah. You've, go, you've gone to those games. Yeah. Right? People go. They actually prefer it when it snows because it's, a, it's, a, it's an advantage yeah. over, like, no, you know, the, mean, the warm state teams. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, no, the show goes on unless there's a, a, a concern for safety, right? I mean, um, Blink-182 a few years back. Were you at that show? I don't think I was, no. I was wish I was. Blink-182 and Fallout Boy. I can't remember, but I do miserable. Remember yeah. Labor Day weekend, I believe. And it rained the entire day. And it wasn't just, it wasn't like summer rain. 
it was cold. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was windy. It was cold. It was miserable. And guess <laughs> what? I think also a proper sellout show. Nobody left. Nobody really? cared. Everybody, you know, you know, right? If you're coming to a show outside. Well, you dress for it. You dress for it. Yeah. In September, you know, you know, it can go either way with weather here in Utah. So uh, I can remember just going, I mean, my, you know, my, you're just soaked. Sure. But yet nobody cared. Nobody I remember cared. going and it. seeing Australian Pink Floyd. This was many, many years ago at USANA. And it was cold. It was towards the end of the season, but it was an un- not normal cold day. Uncharacteristic. Yes, thank you. There it is. And uh, I remember watching the band, like the background singers had gloves on and oh, yeah. scarves and they had beanie hats on because it was cold. We did a, a uh, Godsmack show. I believe it was 2019. And it was October something. And it actually did snow. Wow. It was. It started to snow. In October. In October. <laughs> it was late October, I think. And um, the band... They commented on it several times during the show, I'm and they, sure they thought did. it was cool. But no, we had to have heaters and oh yeah, and it's you know it's again we talked about this on the first episode. Do you prefer shows inside? Do you prefer shows outside? Because there's Challenges the dis- yeah. listen, man. If it's a nice summer evening, you can't beat an outside show. However, <laughs> that's the argument for yeah. I wish we were inside right now. You know, when you get there at seven. And the show goes until, you know, quarter to 11, and it's raining the whole time, and it's windy. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that You, no you have to be a hardcore fan to stick around. So. Well, I'll tell you, I'm excited uh, for Stapleton. It's going to be a great night. Uh, by the time you hear this, it may have already happened, but the concert again is July 1st. Chris Stapleton's All-American Road Show at USANA Amphitheater. The date was pushed back eight days. It is going to go off. And it's going to be an awesome night. But something that did happen that we can talk about was we had an AeroFest, if I'm not mistaken. Santana, Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was awesome. Two legendary artists. It was awesome. I mean, straight up, I am not the biggest Santana fan. It's not my my go-to. But like everybody, right? He's got got the key tracks that everybody knows. Of course. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you what. Was Rob there? Uh, Did he sing smooth and Rob come out? And- well, he, I had left by the time that came on. Whoa. I don't believe he was. <laughs> Nobody told me he was there. But um, that guy not. is an unbelievable guitar player. Oh, of course. I mean, need, do I need to say it? I don't need to say it. Everyone no, knows. He's one if, of the greatest. I mean, in- it's, mind, yeah. it's mind-boggling to watch him play. Again, not being a huge fan, just watching him play. You can't help but... Just, well, there's so many monster songs that he has. Well, and again, you know? the first, tr- the, you know, the opening number, uh, I don't recall what it was, but it it was like a 14 minute song, and he's just jamming, killing. I mean, it, just right? you know, again, if you're a music fan, if you like music, if you can appreciate music, mm-hmm. and you know, a good musician, uh, my goodness, it was just which we do. Of course. Of course. <laughs> that is right. Us. I mean, and if you're listening to this podcast, that's obviously you too. No, nah, watching it just and and the thing that struck me is and I've done him before. Well, I've seen him before, but you know, how long's he been around? 
I can 40s, go back. Yeah, I go back to the seventies. It may be late sixties, but definitely seventies. He looks like he's enjoying it every bit as much. Mm, that's good as the first show. He's just in his own. He's like world. what one hundred and five. I have no idea. I mean, there's that's who knows, but he's <laughs> he's better than a lot of people half his age. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. Um, Joking aside, he's no. absolutely amazing. No man, he he was just in his own world. You can just. It's mesmerizing. It's again, that's why we're here. Music is silly. Watching people who love music, who play music, who like to watch other people play music, listen to music. It's he he it was the epitome of watching him just, you know, he's playing, he's got his eyes closed. It it was not a that's why I always get irritated when people go, "Oh, these guys, you know, they're out of money. That's why they're doing this. They've been doing it for 50 years." No. No, they love doing it. Absolutely. They love doing it. Maybe not everybody. Okay, fine. There's the exception. But he was absolutely enjoying himself. And it wasn't, uh, okay, got to go through the motions, you know, got to play this, here, do this note. He was in it. He was in it. I'm going to bring this up, and everybody might not realize this, or they might, but uh, you have to love performing. You have to love touring. You, it's it's not easy, and I know this from personal experience. It's not what people just see. Oh, he spends two hours, two and a half hours on stage, and that's all they do. That's not it. That's, that's actually the fun the, part. That's the fun part. It's everything else getting to that point is what makes life on the road really difficult. And just to give you a little insight, when I was touring, we weren't doing those big, the big USANA sizes. We were doing good sized theaters, but our typical schedule was we would fly in on a Thursday night. Have that night off. Friday, we would have off until, you know, maybe 4 o'clock. Then it began. Sound check, shows, meet and greets, dinners, um, waiting for the crew to break down, get back to the hotel around midnight, 1 o'clock, get to bed because we're up at 4 a.m., to drive two hours back to the airport, to be there two hours before a flight, to catch two flights, then to land and drive another two hours and do it again. That was the real life. The life is living in airplanes, living in tour buses, living in cars, and not being around everybody as far as holidays and and special birthdays or any kind of events that are special. You miss most of them so you can provide entertainment for everybody else. I mean, that just sounds miserable to me. It's it's a lot of work, and I don't think everybody realizes that side of it. They see he comes out, he's on stage, he's having a great time, it was a great show, we go home, we talk about how awesome it was. They don't think about what else happens. Well, think, uh, you know, keep in mind too, though, right? There, he is probably not, you get to a certain stage of your career, you're not, you're not getting in a tour bus. No, you're right? flying. You're flying. Yeah. And you're staying in great hotels. And, you know, some some of these country guys, they only tour on the weekends. Right. Right. They go mm-hmm. out on Thursday night. They come back Monday. Yep. They're with their families. Yep. Um, They've definitely changed the, the way. And that's how that's how yeah. we toured. I mean, that's just got to be. No. Yeah, exactly, man. That's why when you see these guys on stage and they're so engaged and they love uh, it. You know, you now not to say, look, you know, I don't care how much you love it. Everybody's entitled to a bad day, too, right? I mean, true. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you, how much you love what you do. Everybody has a bad day. Everybody gets tired. You know, it's you. It's you compare it to the to the you know the jazz or 
oh, games, yeah. right? Yeah. And you have these games where you're watching and it's like nobody can hit a bucket, yep. right? It's like right. what what is going on here? You know, like I could hit that jump shot. What what's happening? Right? <laughs> yeah, right. And right. and you just have to go like, yeah, yeah, you it's... don't account for all you're seeing is the game, right? All right. you're seeing is the uh, the two hours on stage. You're not seeing all the everything you just described. Where it's like, okay, we've been up, we've already been up, you know, fourteen hours. Yep. And now it's showtime. And yep. what if you don't feel good? Or what if you're t- what if you don't get any sleep? Well, see, that's, I don't know. That's the flip side of it because the one thing that I learned very quickly is nobody cares what kind of day I had. Absolutely. They, they don't care if I had ticket. the worst yep. day in, in my life. They don't care. For those two hours, they want to be entertained. They do not want to see someone up there being miserable going, oh, man, such and such happened today, and I'm not happy at all. Unless they that's don't your shtick. They want be entertained. They want to have a good time, and you need to provide that because, as you said, they bought a ticket. No one will come to your t- your concert again if you're up there and you're moping around and not happy and kicking, unless, you know, kicking the guitar player. Unless that's part of the shtick, right? In, in, unless there you're are some band. Oh, oh, hey, oh, too too far. Oh, hey. oh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Hey. Let's keep it friendly here. <laughs> I was going to say The Cure. You know, hey, take it easy, man. Oh, I had to throw that in All there just because right, I knew okay. I'd get this All response. All right, episode two. Here we go. Gloves are <laughs> off. Gloves is off now, boy. Okay, yeah. So All let, right. Let me, I want to pose a question to you, Trent, um, about concerts. There comes a time in every band's career where they've had their hits, they're still releasing new music, and in the artist's eyes – the new music is the greatest thing they've ever written. But the fans just want that nostalgia of the old songs. So what do you think? You, you've seen tons of concerts. You've seen brand new bands. You've seen nostalgia. You've seen them all. I've seen them all. I've been in a nostalgia act where no one really cared much about the new material. So do you think bands should still play it? And do you think... Or do you, how much do you think they should play of it, or should they just focus on the old stuff and give everybody what they want? Well, I mean, it's a you know we I think we've talked about this before, right? It's it's on it's down the middle. I see both sides of it. I mean, one could criticize a band for putting out the same record for thirty five years, right? Sure, sure. But then other bands they don't care. That's their shtick. You also have the flip side of they're genuine. This is what we do. This is what we like. If you don't like it, move on. But then you have the people that get mad if they try to change it up. I'm not even going to bring up – we'll save this for another day. Let's not even talk about the Black Album. Right. Uh, Metallica. I see both sides. Okay. And live – well, so I'll tie this back into the Santana show because they must be mentioned. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, how can I forget about that? I'm telling you what. They, they could have came out and played September for 45 minutes, and I would have been happy. Were you at the show? No. You were not at the show. I was well, not at the show. I had a okay. show myself that night. It's funny you bring that up. So they played. It was a co-headline, which means they play you know, roughly equal amount of time. Mm-hmm. They were not an opening act. They had a 20-song set. And to your point, um, I'm very familiar with them. My dad listened to them. You know, I, I was a little kid listening to them or hearing my dad play them. Right? Oh, yeah. So I knew almost every song. Um, and I think there are, what, three original members. Uh, 
what Maurice White, obviously the main lead vocalist, he passed away, I think, three right. or four years ago. His brother Verdine is still in the band. Yeah, still, and he's on bass. And But, um, you know, if, if, is it Philip Bailey? Philip Bailey. Victor Bailey. No, vocalist? Oh, Philip, no, 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 Philip sorry. Bailey. Yeah, Philip. yeah. You know, like everybody, right? Maybe the voice isn't quite as sharp as it used to be. Sure, I come to the age. But they, I, I mean, I, I, I know I'm just rambling here, but... I can't tell you how good they were. They were so good. And also a large crowd. I don't rem- I don't know the exact amount, but I mean there were 15,000 plus. Wow. And everybody was on their feet. I'm sure they were just dancing. like we talked about with Garth Brooks in a yeah. stadium, yeah. right? Earth Wind and Fire again, 1970 what something. Mm-hmm. Everybody on their feet. And, you know, there were the songs where they would sit down. But at the end, to your point, do we want to hear newer songs? I don't know that they have newer songs. But you can tell the hits, right? Oh, of It course. was September, uh, what's it, Boogie Wonderland. Oh, I, I, you know, I can't, I don't know, the, uh, forgetting the names, well, but September the place brought the house down. Of course it did. And it was the guy in the front all the way on the lawn and everybody I'm by the stage for the first few songs with media, mm-hmm. and I can look out on the lawn, and that's a that's a, a bit of a jaunt. You bet it is from yeah. the stage to the lawn. Yeah, right. That's a clip. Mm-hmm. I could see people. I couldn't make out their faces. I couldn't tell exactly what they were wearing, but I could tell they were dancing. Cool. Yeah. I could tell oh. they had their arms in the air. Of course. And they were yelling, and they were clapping, and smiling, and that's cheering, so cool. and singing, and it's like, that's it. Say what you want about, you know, these guys are too old, they should retire, why don't they quit? Again, getting back to loving what you do. That's and why they don't quit. brought yeah. the house down. Even staff, of right? Course. I've seen a lot of shows, you're supposed to maintain a professional, right? Like, we're there to, we're professional, we're the ones who are yeah, there to... Right. Even the ushers were dancing. Of course and they were. They were younger people. How they could were, you not? They were maybe mid twenties, early thirties, and even they knew September. Now I stand by it. I don't I say nobody knows the actual words to September. Nope. I know do you remember <laughs> the twenty first of September? Uh, and then after that it gets dodgy. I don't know right? anything else. Everybody knows body yeah. that part we don't know. Yeah, yeah we oh, don't yeah. know. Didn't matter. Didn't nope. matter, man. Dancing and singing. Number one wedding song of all time, of course. Well. Let's not, you know, and there's not a reason. discount that. There's a reason, because it's a absolutely magnificent song. And so, yeah, do you, I guess as an artist, that's why they, I would think you want to play those. Because you yeah. can see it, right? You can see the reaction. And there were a couple songs where, you know, people say, you can't keep that energy level up the entire time, right? You got to no. have dips. no. So you could see people sitting down. But, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, again, I know artists that have straight up said, I don't want to be a greatest hit show. I'm playing what I want to play. I Listen, I'm not going to name names, but I have been to some shows where it's like, God, really? Why do we? Why are we playing six new songs off the last album? Nobody. Right. I don't want it. Why, you know, we have and a catalog. A well, especially, yeah. look, when we have, I'll give it to you when you're like a band with three albums out. Right. Okay. Promote the new album. Okay. When you start talking about legends, right? 
you've got 500 songs and, uh, you know, a hundred of them are hits or, you know, quote unquote hits. Sure. Yeah. Why would you play? Why would you play something new that not everyone knows as opposed to getting rid of one of your hits? And, and the only thing I can come up with is artists still think the, the last song they wrote is their greatest song they ever wrote. And they want to promote it. So here, here's an example. Um, one of the hottest shows, and we're going to talk about this in our throwback record, but one of the hottest shows this summer is the Motley Crue Stadium Tour. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. Right. Mm-hmm. It's stadium tour. It's massive. It's awesome. It's it's a huge show. Poison right now seems to be stealing this show. Um, a lot of the reviews I've said just saying how great they are. They're awesome. They're killing it. But if Poison came out with a record tomorrow, you know, they're going to want to play two or three songs from that record. See, I'd say they I'd, they'd play one. Yeah, maybe I mean, again, maybe if they were a headliner. Right, if you've got the full ninety minutes or you've got the two hours, okay, I'll give it to you. But you know, having said that, right, you right. notice I haven't looked at the set list to be honest. I haven't bothered to check yet, but they have what? It's the first three. 40, it's the first three records. But of, is it forty-five minutes set? Hour. Yeah, it's forty-five to maybe fifty minutes. You know, it's it's not a huge. Uh, it's definitely not a ninety-minute show. At tops, at very tops, it may be an hour. I would think that they probably get an hour, but. You can see, right, when they're like festival shows. Yeah. So bands are, you know, it's not their full show. They have to they have to cut their sets. They do. Almost across the board, if you look at those set lists. Oh, yeah. Hit, hit, radio single, hit, yep. hit, favorite, fan favorite, hit, hit. They don't. Well, Poison they, they has. They admit all of that, of new stuff. Poison has five or six albums out. They obviously have Look What the Cat Dragged In, Open Up and Say, Ah. Uh, uh, what was the third third one? Uh, Flesh and Blood, and then they came out with uh, the it was a single with Scream where they changed guitar players, and that's kind of where Poison just started. You know, the the grunge movement was coming in, Poison was going out. Sure, but then they released two or three other records since that time. Holly Weird was one of them, and a, a, and uh, something else that I can't even remember. But the question is, I know they love those songs. I know as an artist, I would love those songs, but what hit, quote unquote, do I get rid of to play that song where then someone is going to say, it's a great show, but man, they didn't play nothing but a good time, even though they do. But I'm just using that as an example. You know, I mean, we call that song, right? Everybody knows that's that's the song people go to the restroom and they go get a yeah, they go get nachos. Right? It's kind of like a bass solo. Mm-hmm. They go. Exactly. They yeah. go buy T-shirts. I feel that um, with the exception, I guess, if you have a, a general admission spot and you're packed in and you've got your great spot that you don't want to give up, yeah, then I guess you there. don't bounce. But no, nah, man, they know. I mean, yeah, I I understand why would you not want to write new songs. But once again, let's compare it. Star Wars. Yeah, I'm okay. going to stand by this till the day I die. People love... Star Wars, the Star Wars that we know today and love. The, the franchise. nine movies, yeah. However, I've checked out. Okay. And I loved me some Star Wars when I was a little kid, right? Of course, me too. Darth Vader. Still do. Darth Vader and Gene Simmons. That that was like, all right. I want they were the same? I want to find a way to do <laughs> – I want to do that for a living. I'm not exactly sure what Darth Vader's job description was, but I want to do that. Ruler of the galaxy? I guess so. So – but everybody loves Star Wars – because of 
the first three movies, right? Oh, of course. Now, I'm going to contradict myself. Of course, there are people younger who don't have any idea about the first three movies, and they grew up with the new the generation. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, this is just my opinion, but I'm going to stand by it. If it wasn't for the first three movies being so epic and groundbreaking, you wouldn't have the other six movies. No. Right? No, or That's, Disney that wouldn't own the, them. Or... Sure, that was the foundation. Yeah. Same thing with, I think, with bands, right? You know, great, good for you. Put out three new albums. However, the reason you're still here and the reason people loved you is because of these th- these three records. What you did. Right? Yeah. And you have to play them. I know. And you I, have to. And, and you, again, Earth, Wind, and Fire, they can see. Oh, yeah. They know their reaction. Like, like they know what they're going to I can't get. even, I have to imagine, like, I always fantasize, like, what does it look like when they're trying to decide the set list? There's got to be, they have to go backwards. They probably don't go, all right, let's start with, what are we going to open with? They probably start with, here are the nine songs that have to go into the set. Yeah, that, that's what we would do. So right? Air, Air Supply obviously had nine top five singles. And they're all in. Right. You don't even discuss it. No, they are, they are guaranteed. Period. In the show. And, uh, and you know that All Out of Love is going to be the encore finale song. Was every that night. the encore every evening? Every evening. So biggest hit of their career. Yes, always the end, um, always the encore. So then you go, okay, how much time do we have? We have 75-minute show. We have 90-minute show. Okay, here's nine songs. They're for sure in. Uh, we've got Graham is going to do uh, one or two songs by himself. That's guaranteed. So that slot's reserved. Okay, so now we have, what, five slots left? What are we going to do? Well, this was our nine top fives, but we still had top ten hits. So we've got to throw those in as well. So all of a sudden, you are down to one or two slots that you only have room to play with. So the question is, do you throw in, oh, well, yeah, it wasn't a top ten, but it was still a top 20. And that's a big deal, top 20. You have to admire bands that stick by it and just say... You know, I'm, I don't care. You know, the, I want to play what I want to play sure. and I want to sing what I want to sing. And it's not as entertaining, I think, uh, for all of the fans. I mean, again, uh, if you like certain artists, you know, a f- fine example, since you're going to talk talk trash, um, I'm a big Morrissey fan, as you know. <laughs> okay, okay. And not letting it, this one go. No, no, no. Yeah, well, no, you started it. <laughs> boy, oh boy, you started it. Um, so I went to see him a couple of years ago with um, some people, and one of my buddies who is a little older than I am uh, is a radio, you know, the Smiths and all that. He was a radio mm-hmm. hit. He liked the Smiths and, and Morrissey's solo, early solo stuff. Well, fine example, right? He's put out whatever many albums, um, but I'm a diehard. Right? You are. I yeah. buy the albums. I buy the singles. I know the B sides. I know the, and he, uh, that tour was kind of catered to me. So mm-hmm. there was a, you know, this is a B side off of the last single off the new album, and and my buddy was like, what, what the, what, you know, he what, didn't care. Right? What is this stuff? Like, what? Where are the Smith songs? And the and uh, it's just like, yeah, that's not his shtick. You know, he sure. he plays what he wants to play. It's not a greatest hit show. Um, he peppers the set list with some fan favorites, but he's one that's very much a doesn't care. Just, just plays, plays whatever he wants. What he wants to play. If you don't like it, 
don't come back. Don't say, well, man, man, I'm not speaking for him, obviously. But it, you, you kind of go, uh, sometimes I scratch my head and go, what an odd choice. You know, like so many other songs to choose from. And he chose that. And you would take a, a spot. But I have to assume that also goes back to what we talked about with Santana, right? Not getting bored. Yeah, to do the set. I'll be honest. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. As an, as as an artist. When you were doing it, did you ever just go... Yeah. <sighs> again, you bet. really, this song again? You bet. It, we would, uh, sometimes we'd have uh, musicians step in, you know, and, and take a sub spot or or guest musician come in. And the last thing we ever wanted to do was play All Out of Love one more time. <laughs> instead of Instead of doing it, you know, during the show, of course, it's going to happen. But anytime we didn't have to play that song or... We would go. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna come sit on an aisle out of love. All right, let's just play like a verse and a chorus and call it good. You know, you you do. And th- th- this is this is honest, real stuff. The artists, we love September. We love smooth. We love Black Magic Woman. We love all this stuff, right? But the artist, truthfully, is tired of playing it. You've played a song for forty years, but. You have to play it, and you have to enjoy playing it. And where that enjoyment comes from is, as an artist, watching the crowd go absolutely freaking nuts because because be. you are playing that song. Uh, well, somebody told me at Stevie Nicks, uh, which was a spectacular show, sold out show. Yeah, she was playing a Fleetwood Mac song. I can't, I can't remember which one. It was Probably a, something off Rumors. I bet. Was it Dreams? I think it was Dreams. Okay. And somebody said to me. Uh, she hates this song. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I hadn't, I, maybe I've heard it and I forgot, but I remember thinking like, really, this is like one, but it, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, sure does. just because, you know, it was a hit or it was a fan favorite. Certainly. Yeah. There's gotta be, well, again, man, I, we're in bands. I'm in a band. You, you know, when you've done it right, you write songs and, and if there's five guys in the band, Four of them love the song, and you're right. kind of like, eh, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure about this one. And, you know, majority rule, right? You're like, all right, I guess we're going to do this song, and you kind of have to plot your way through it and go, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well pull, pulling back the curtain even a little bit more, when you write a song, you rehearse it, you you continue writing it. Oh, this is not the right part. Let's fix another part. Then you go to record it. And then you listen to the drums play it with scratch tracks and you build the song up and then you go into the mix stage and you probably listen to the song 150 times. Sure. So by the time that song is released, you know, on radio being played and you, the listener, are hearing it the first time, the artist is already sick of it. Sure. Now, that's fair. That yeah. song becomes a major hit and now you have a 40 year career and you still have to play that song. Well, let's let's just so, let's dumb it down. Hey, I'm what, not good, I'm not going to complain. I will no, take I was that. Say, good, you, know, you know, let's let's not forget how lucky are you? Mm-hmm. How lucky are you that you got to do this for a living and you got to? I don't mean you personally. No, no, but I'm no, saying, I can I can relate you know, beyond lucky. Listen, I am, especially if you're a, an artist or a band who had no disrespect. Let's call it a one hit wonder. Sure, there's plenty of them. If you had one song and that made you a, a career. And you got to buy a house, and you got to do all that. Man, good for you, right? Look, so you, what a problem for it to be. Right, we have so many hits, right? That we have to figure out. We how can't to play fit, them all, right? I yeah. mean, no, you're let's, right. Let's take it back down to the basic level. How fortunate 
that you get to do this for fun. Being for a, a band in today's right? world is literally one in a billion shot. And, yeah, and and that may sound oh that's not that bad but you got to realize how many people are trying to do the exact same thing that you're doing and then you have a breakout hit and yeah everything has to align perfectly and not only align perfectly but you've got to sustain it in today's world where everything is now quick bam next on to the next that's no, fleeting you have to have sustainability you can't just have that one hit and live off of it for 10 years you've got to keep going and keep going and become a legend to continue in this business no, agreed i mean again if you get to do it good for you and well, now you've got me curious i'm i'm, I'm gonna uh, go and look at the set list i haven't really paid attention to the stadium tour but yeah i mean again that's gotta you might be sick of it but if you play if you have a 45 minute set and you're playing to you know, even if Poison's on early in the day, they're still playing to 50,000 people, Mm -hmm. 40,000 people. Yep. I don't care how tired of the song you are. No. When you see people, again, standing on their feet, waving, dancing, smiling. Having the time of their life. If you don't enjoy that, then you shouldn't be doing it. You should should be – you should retire and – you know. Right. And as I said, as sick as as sick as the artist may be of playing their hit song, what makes it all worth it is when you start that song, the crowd goes nuts, they're standing up, they're screaming, they're waving their arms in the air, and they're singing the lyrics right back to you. It makes it all like it's being heard well, for the first time and you're writing it right there. Here's a, a so interesting side note and we can move on. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Chicago and – Brian Wilson. Oh, right. Yeah. At USANA. Mm-hmm. Also, right, what do we have to say about that, right? Uh, you, you, legendary artist. Legendary. And I was walking around doing something and just so happened to hear uh, Chicago say, you know, we've been doing this for, once again, forgive my, I don't know the exact amount of years. You know, I think it was 50. 50 uh, years. Probably, yeah. And uh, guy says, uh, you know, and we're, we have a new album. And I, this is exactly what I thought of, this conversation mm-hmm. we're having. Here's the first single off the new record, and that's immediately what I thought. I'm like, oh, boy. You know, again, Chicago. Yep. They got a few hits. They do. One they or got two. A, they got a few songs, right? Many, many songs. Now, they also had, it was a co-headlining show, so they got an hour and a half, and Brian Wilson did, you know, same amount. But here's the kicker. It was a great song. I'm sure it was. <laughs> it was a spec because I remember stopping what I was doing to go, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. That's cool. You're Chicago. You've got you, you, you can't even count all the songs, right? If you right. take your shoes off on your You might be able fingers to. and toes, maybe. Maybe. And you're playing a new song, and ever of course that's what I think. I'm like, oh boy, do people want to hear? It was it was great. I'm sure it, it was. It was a great song and i remember like so much so i looked it up on spotify like wow that's cool you know so hey whatever good for you guys it's Again, it's such a balance it's such a balancing act that as an artist you have to do you really you have to sit down you have to plan out your set list which is why it's the same every night let's be honest but with with small changes and tweaks throughout the tour but you have to plan it out and you have to put that new song in at the right moment well, and having said that, I don't remember the name of the song. Well, no. Right? But I remember September and all the, the hits. Know, 
songs you've heard a billion sure. times. Sure. All right. That's a, that's a real interesting conversation. We're going to take just a quick short break. We're going to be right back. We're going to discuss uh, – we're going to have throwback record. We're going to have this week in music history, and we're going to have the concert calendar. That's all coming right around the corner here. I am Johnny Lightfoot. That is Trent Falcone. This is the Music and Concert Show. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Music and Concert Show with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Fowler. Welcome back. It is the Music and Concert Show Johnny Lightfoot, my good buddy Trent Falcone across from me. What up? So, we went really long on that last break. Hey, man. So uh, That's why it's a podcast. Yeah, we can do it. So, we're going to keep this one short and sweet. We are just, we're going to forgo uh, this week in music history, and uh, we'll probably discuss it next week and kind of maybe do a week in review, because there was still some cool things that happened, but we're going to kind of move on to, uh, you know, throwback record, and we're going to talk about the concert calendar. And we talked so much about it in the last segment. We mentioned the big stadium tour that I think it's only right that we probably talk about the headliners act, uh, the headliner act, Motley Crue. Well, again, so last week was Def Leppard. Last episode was Def Leppard, right? Yes. Pyromania. Yes. And I brought up the question, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, you know, is there, does somebody have an advantage there, Right. Obviously, they're both gigantic acts. Monster acts. Legendary acts. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Shout at the Devil Mm. is my pick. I mean, Pyromania was a spectacular record, but I'm going to argue that Shout at the Devil, maybe, now here we go, technical nerd brain kicking in, probably not as many hits as Pyromania. If we're defining hits as radio airplay... Right. Right. But I'm saying song for uh, track by track, song for song. I remember absolutely being obsessed with Shout at the Devil. I thought it was a great record. Granted, it was at a perfect time. What, 1983? Yeah. Uh, Their second album, right? Second album. Yes, it was. Their first album was Too Fast for Love. Which was also a great album. Which was Uh, released twice. We discussed this before the show. They did the original band pressing, which was only a thousand of them, and then Elektra picked it up and released it. Well, and I'm going to, uh, you know, I have some buddies that are huge Motley Crue fans and some family members that will probably, um, you know, slap me for saying this. I'm saying Shout of the Devil is their best album, and I'm going to say... I think what Theater of Pain was next. Theater of Pain right? was next, and which then, had the uh, monster hit "Home Sweet, Home, Sweet Home. Home" and "Smoking in Smoking, the Boys." Yeah, and then uh, well, "Girls, Girls, 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 Girls," which you know, obviously, Wild Side, "Girls, Girls." I mean, there was hit after probably hit after that hit. That's probably their most successful. Yeah, album. and then Doctor Feelgood. I forget about that one. I'm going to stand by it. Shout of the Devil is the best album of the bunch. Well, I'm I'm looking at the track listing right here, and you were we were talking about. Uh, Songs from Pyromania. I just counted on Shout at the Devil five songs that got radio play. Uh, Shout at the Devil, Looks That Kill, Too Young to Fall in Love, 
Red Hot, 10 Seconds Till Love, and you could even argue Helter Skelter. So what's the best track on the album? There's no right or wrong answer, by the for way. For me, for me, Too Young to Fall in Love was an excellent song. I love the video. Um, but Looks That Kill was probably the, 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 the knockout hit off this record. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Do you remember seeing that video for of the first course. time? Well, let's back up. I got Shouted the Devil for, you know, my birthday. I can't, you know, whatever. When did I say it came out? Came out in 83. Okay, so, wow, I don't even want to think about that. But Well, we everyone knows we're the same age. Opening that, if you have the record, right, back in the day, the record. Yeah, which I have right here in front of me. Opening that gatefold. Look at that. The gatefold. Four panels, one of each guy. You know, head to head to knee shot. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, that was like, okay. That was like Darth Vader. I don't know what these guys are about, but I want to do that. Well, back then you bought albums just on how they looked. You didn't have the internet. Well, you to, didn't have the, right, unless it know? was on the radio. Right. And that, well, let's, okay, let's even back up further. Look at the cover. Yeah. And we won't get too much into no, this. No, right? no, no, what's on it. But, but it's just a black record with red writing. Black album cover. Yeah. Motley Crue in red. Yeah. The symbol on the front with, uh, you know, the faded black. I mean, right out of the gate, you're like, okay, I'm into, I'm into something I'm not sure about. You take the plastic off, you open up the gatefold, and the picture of the four of them is I just, I mean, if you want to talk about Motley Crue in their prime... That's it. They For were, me, that's it. I know that girls, 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 and all of that in theater of pain. I had theater of pain. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to straight up say it. Like, I think they started to kind of, I just, I don't know. I don't think that they they just, the songwriting, what do we call it? I'm going to say it felt to me like they were a little more filler. Sure. There was some Shout big hits on Girls, 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 and Absolutely. of course, Dr. Feelgood, but Motley Crue's Shot at the Devil, just the overall look, vibe of the band, the time it came out, everything was perfect. They kind of defined the L.A. rock scene with this record. Everyone kind of wanted to be like Motley Crue. They went out with Ozzy Osbourne on this tour. Did you see that show? I did. Oh, I did. Did you really? I've seen it several times. The 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 Aussie Molly Crew. Yeah, I saw the Aussie Molly Crew. Traveled to go see that. Well, let me let me let me let me finish. Oh, I, I saw am, that tour, and uh, when I said I've seen it several times, I meant I have rewatched like clips and stuff that you can find on YouTube from all the shows. But you did see it. Live. But I did see the show live here. Once. Uh, yeah. Wow. I believe so. I'm. Wow. Every, I was young. Remember, yeah, I, I was really you. young. 12, 13, yeah. yeah, if, if, maybe even younger. This was 83, man. We were 10 oh, years old. Oh, man, that ruined you my know? day. I didn't see that. That's one of the, that's like the rock and roll, one of those rock and roll legendary stories. I didn't, I don't think I was allowed to go to concerts at that point. Oh, I went with my brother. Yeah, we would have been what, 11? 10, 12? 11, yeah. Depending on what, what win in 83, yeah. Do I know, that? have we talked about this before? You saw Motley Crue Ozzy. Uh, mm-hmm. From what I remember, and then wasn't there a Metallica Aussie Master of Puppets? They opened for Aussie as well. I don't remember that one, but possibly. I I, I I blew that one too. I remember Injustice for All with Queensrÿche. Wow! Off Operation Mindcrime. But anyway, getting back Envious. to the throwback record, Motley Crue's "Shout at the Devil." 
if you haven't listened to this record in a while, put it on, spin it, because you're going to be mind-blown of how many great songs are on this. And just remember, they had Too Fast for Love, but Too Fast for Love was really a demo of the band. And Shout at the Devil was like their real release. This is where they just... Prime. Became massive, absolute prime. Yeah, for me, it was so so good. So what a what a tour! Uh, if you're a if you're a fan of good old rock music, which you know that'll take us to a topic I want to bring up for the next episode. Rock music, we'll talk about in the next one. But love it, amazing album. I say put it on in your car uh, and turn it up, turn it up really loud. You just you can't go. you just can't beat it. It's a classic rock album. All right, never gets old. Coming up, we just have our last thing here. We've got some upcoming concerts. I'm just going to start here, Trent, if you don't mind. Uh, July 9th, Aerofest, number two, featuring Ario Speedwagon Sticks and Loverboy. I was going over for uh, The Zone. We uh, were doing the Win Ticket Wednesday, and I was putting together songs that they could play on the radio for that day of each of those bands, and it was hard to choose Sure. The songs. There's so many great songs from all of them. And truthfully, any one of these bands could headline this show. Totally. Loverboy has so many great hits. Ario, so many great yacht rock stuff, if you want to classify it that. Sticks, I mean, man, <laughs> such great stuff. That's happening July 9th out there at USANA Amphitheater. And then just two days later, uh, July 11th, the Black Keys, the Dropout Boogie Tour. With Band of Horses. Band of I don't know them. They're spectacular spectacular check them out okay you will you will love them july 15th we talked about this briefly last week dude perfect that's happy summer tour and if you don't know anything about dude perfect it's basically a mixture between comedy and sports and skits and stunts just go check out this show it's a laugh it's fun it's a great time all the way around that's uh happening at vivid arena on july 15th and july 23rd jason aldean the rock and roll country oh sorry rock and roll cowboy tour 2022 also at USANA Amphitheater, and rounding out the month, Kenny Chesney, Here and Now Tour 2022, July 28th, also at USANA Amphitheater. It doesn't get much better than a country concert, as we talked about last week, a country concert outdoors. Those are these. You don't want to miss these two. Hard to beat. Both great shows. So many more. You said so. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not even going to bother. You, you, we'll leave it at that. We kind of hit it. There's so many. There's, we'll talk about them next time. And look, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the concert season is really just getting started. There's still a ton of shows coming. Some that even haven't been announced yet. A lot of them have. But we're going to talk about all of them and hopefully have reviews on the majority of these shows coming. So, again, we appreciate you listening to the music and concert show. I am Johnny Lightfoot. My co-host is Trent Falcone. And uh, we'll see you next week. All day.